Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and today on the podcast, we have a great story to share with you about the power of partnership. We talk a lot about partnership here at Fellowship Pacific. After all, our mission is to leverage the collective strength of our churches in order to produce a God-honoring impact in BC and Yukon. So in today's episode, you will get to hear about how two of our Fellowship Pacific churches are doing just that. I sat down with Caitlin Corzin, Director of Global and Local Mission at Village Church, and Jeremy Norton, Lead Pastor of Mountain View Church in Whitehorse, to hear about how their two churches connected to partner in a project designed to bring hope and light to people who are really struggling in Whitehorse. It's a story that's sure to inspire you, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Caitlin Corzan and Jeremy Norton. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Jessica Powell, and I am so glad that you're taking this time to be with us today because I'm really excited about our two guests that we have. Uh, I have Caitlin Corzan from Village Church and Jeremy Norton from Mountain View Church. So guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, being here. Um, Hey, before we get into anything else, I would love for you to introduce yourselves to our listeners. So maybe tell us a little bit about you, your church, your role there, any interesting details that we would like to know. Sure. Well, yeah, thank you, Jessica, so much for having us on. It's just such a pleasure to be here. So I'm Caitlin, and I'd always like to just introduce myself, and I love traveling and culture and I have the opportunity to get married this year. So that's a big thing that's new in my life. Um, And then I have the privilege of serving as the director of Global and Local Mission at Village Church. And that really encompasses my passions and my calling, I believe, as an individual. So it's pretty cool how God's really brought the two together. And at Village Church, we have currently six different locations across Canada, about to launch two more in Manitoba and Ontario. And so We really see ourselves as a Canadian church and as my role specifically of local and global, my heart really is to bridge the gap between the church and the community and even the topic that we're discussing today is really that heart posture of how do we connect the church which actually has so much good to our community to the needs within our community and just to love on people and yeah so that's been a personal passion of mine and being able to see people step into God's calling for their life um, and his heart for reaching people who are vulnerable on the margins, being oppressed or exploited, um, and just really providing people those opportunities. And we live in a busy life, so it can be difficult. So yeah, serving in this role as the church um, is what I get to do. Awesome. That's awesome. Jeremy? Uh, yeah, so my name is Jeremy Norton. I'm the lead pastor of Mountain View Church, formerly Whitehorse Baptist Church. Um, been here like around seven years. Uh, my, uh, my calling is to Northern Canada. And I believe I, that, uh, my wife and I were called to Whitehorse. I actually applied to the church like three or four times, uh, over like an eight year gap. And then they finally hired me. Uh, in that time, I also served in Alaska, which is our next door neighbor here to the Yukon. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how else to really explain it uh, other than there's just a yearning that uh, the North uh, needed um, evangelism, needed discipleship, uh, needed care, and it it just was like an itch that uh, needed 
needed to be scratched. And, and uh, so we, uh, since we've been up here, we've seen some amazing growth in our church and we've seen people come to know Jesus and, and be discipled and brought into mentorship and even uh, into leadership now. And so that's been really exciting. And uh, the relationship with Village kind of started early on, uh, probably five, six years ago, uh, as we were kind of revitalizing Mount uh Whitehorse Baptist Church into Mountain View Church, trying to seek some help. And Village was really open-handed with like, what do you need? How can we help? And they had resources. And obviously up here, we had limited resources. And uh, so, yeah, the people like uh, Zach and uh, Chris Demagne and uh, Jeremy Johnson, and, and they were just really helpful with a lot of stuff. Um, even the worship uh, team at Village uh, giving us uh, worship videos freely when we didn't have teams to lead worship, uh, just a, a ton of different things and different ways that Village has just helped us. And um, yeah, and then it, it kind of a, I, I don't know the back end really, Caitlin will have to fill in on, on how they ended up saying, hey, what about Whitehorse? But uh, this this season we ended up god totally um kind of took over this project boxes of light which is what we're going to talk about i think today and uh partnering with the village to uh impact uh the north uh and so it's just been exciting yeah the relationship between village and mountain view has been really good and we can't thank village enough for uh yeah helping the little guy mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I, cause I know I've, I've heard, well, I've heard you talk, Jeremy and uh, um, some other people too, about the North. Like we know it's the, I think the most secular place in Canada. Is that yes, accurate? Right. Yeah. So. so we're about 51%. So Whitehorse in particular as a city is the most secular city in Canada, 51% mm -hmm. atheist or agnostic. Uh, wow. So no, either rejecting God or have no real care of God. So yeah, it makes it challenging for sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, um, yeah, you mentioned this project boxes of light and that was totally why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast today. Cause I was, you know, I was a couple, couple weeks ago, you know, I don't even know what time it is anymore. Recently I was scrolling through social media, like on Facebook or something. And I saw this video that you, the two of you made and you were talking about this project boxes of light. And I just, you know, I was watching it. I was like, this is such an interesting and creative project. I want to know more about this. And I think that we should all know more about this. So um, why don't, do you want to tell us a little bit just what it is? Like, what are the boxes of light? Oh, sure. Well, I'll just do the basic intro and then Jeremy can kind of give the details around the specific why we did the date. Go back to our little video. But yeah, we put yes. together 200, what we called boxes of light. And it was really something to spark hope and joy and really just bring light to a really dark time and Jeremy will talk about how much darker it technically is in the north because of daylight and so we wanted to do something that actually just brought light to people and so we filled boxes with um, resources they we the Mountain View team put together all the local resources for addictions and detox and helplines and we were able to compile everything and his team made sure that they were all up to date so put it on one easy spot so people weren't searching if they needed help which is huge and then um doing activities to help with stress relief and then they put together these cookie jars and so sunshine cookie jars and just whatever we could fill the box with to spark hope and light right now but jeremy can give the backstory of what it really means in this time of year 
Yeah. Yeah. So as far as boxes like this time of year, um, in the West, there, there's something about 10 years ago, uh, January, well, I guess this year was January 18th, but the third Monday in January was dubbed uh, Blue Monday. And if you uh, are in kind of the mental health world, you kind of know this, that after the nostalgia of Christmas and New Year's is gone, obviously it's, it's cold in North America for sure. It's dark, really dark up here. And um, credit card bills come in. There's a, there, there's a lot of factors culturally that lead by the third Monday uh, in January, people are on edge. And even just regular folk are depleted by that time. Uh, volunteerism is usually at an all-time low. There's something called compassion fatigue. People have served heavily coming up to the new year, and then they're done, and, uh, and they're taxed. And so this is just for normal, normal life. Now, uh, for someone who struggles with depression, addiction, other mental health things, there's, uh, they have particularly a really uh, rough time. And so the third Monday kind of sparks a, a month long, a 30 to 60 day, a, a really difficult journey for them. There's yeah, there's all those factors are amplified. Now you add in uh, COVID, COVID restrictions. We know all the different things that, that people need people and they're not really getting people and Zoom can only go so far and all these different things. Uh, then you add another layer that up here in the north, it, it's cold. This morning it was negative 28. Um, and uh, it's also dark. We, we, we're starting to get daylight. Uh, December 21st is the darkest day and we get like four hours ish four and a half but not real daylight it's not full sun up and that's starting to get better but it, it, but by January February it's still we still haven't gotten a lot and so seasonal affective disorder is important if someone has all these different factors and they're also not getting sunlight um it's just bad. And, and one of the things that increases significantly in, uh, in the Yukon Northwest and, um, and Nunavut uh, territories is uh, suicide. And we have a huge spike of people taking their own lives due to all these different factors in the North. So uh, that's how this date kind of came up and why we chose, even though it was like, it was a whirlwind of a timeline, right, Caitlin? Very much so. It was like, I'm normally like, okay, let's do a 90 days out plan, if not like 120 days, but this was like, okay, we got three weeks. Can we really do this? And so it was For a lot of weeks. Uh, what'd you say, Caitlin? Post-Christmas, everything's extra slow during COVID. Like anything you talk to, it's like, please expect delays because of limited um, oh people and restrictions. Okay. Because you're shipping stuff from lower mainland up to Yukon. <laughs> in three weeks there there I don't even know how to even begin to start how mm -hmm. how crazy it was but uh it was Caitlin did an amazing job she was like I feel like you did you call every shipping co company in western Canada <laughs> and, and you know and and even it's like finally okay we get two-day shipping via Edmonton and it's like ah like that was a god wow. miracle if you I in this whole um process I think the both of us have seen God move you know just affirming details of it and affirming that this is the right time different connections I know Jeremy would share before when we would have our touch points of just different things that have lined up of hey yeah this is a real need right now and people are really hurting right now and um, so a lot of things lined up with that and then honestly getting extra boxes because we had 
um, more supplies. And so we needed bigger boxes. And this is one of the nuances of working in a community that's remote. No local stores had any alternative boxes that would fit and shipping was all within a few weeks and we didn't have a few weeks. And so, yeah, we ordered something, but they said it would arrive on February 3rd, but it came early. And so, yeah, God just wow. really moved behind the scenes in a lot of ways. And that was pretty awesome to see. Oh, yeah, that's so it was cool. incredible. And even like some of the local businesses, like they're, they're hurting already. And so you're like, you're they 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 believed in what you wanted to do they they really did and 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 they felt a tension of like this is amazing i can't believe you guys are doing this but we're barely holding on like you know so for for all these local shops in whitehorse heavily tourism they didn't have the summer uh, full of american tourists on the alaska highway headed up to alaska like the, the american tourists are really the bread and butter of our of our tourist industry didn't have it and then we have uh the european and asian market that typically come during the winter uh christmas season and all these different things for northern lights and 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 dog sledding and all these and that didn't happen so all these local businesses they like honestly they're tapped and uh and yet they still they there's a few of them that said well what we can do is we can give you anything you want at cost and so we were able to get a few things and so they made, they couldn't give it. They wanted to, but they just couldn't and keep their business afloat. But um, one business in particular, Trinity Tech, they were able to, to give us 200 units uh, of uh, something called Device Shine. Uh, so it's pretty cool little product uh, to clean devices and, and um, uh, computers and stuff like that. That's like what they could offer within the price point, but they offered a cost. So they made no money on it, but um, it was, it's, it's hard asking for donations at, at that time too um, during COVID, but, but people were great up here. And, and again, the, the shipping thing, trying to get stuff through Amazon and Staples, like Caitlin did all the lion's share of that. that I don't even know how it, it, it was really hard. <laughs> wow. So, so did you, job. was it, was the plan, like, have you distributed these boxes? Yeah. Now? So like it was to distribute them on that third Monday or around then? No, so um, the the third Monday, so the third Monday kind of marks the start of right. a really depressing time, and so we tried. I think our, what was our original date, Caitlin? Was it the thirty first? Yeah, the thirty first for distribution. Yeah, and then we ended up distributing on the the second. Um, uh, but you know, there's cool things. Caitlin was mentioning like the God being in it. The we did these sunshine cookies in a jar where, where you kind of put the cookie ingredients in a jar. It's kind of layered. I'm sure you've seen it on Pinterest, Instagram. And so we, we did this, uh, there was a crew of people that came and were packing these cookie, uh, these cookies in a jar and they actually ran out of ingredients. And, uh, so they were like short, like 18 jars or something like this. And they're like, Oh, how did we do the math wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And then a gal walks in the door and she lives like 45 minutes outside of town. And she's like, I'm not a morning person. I did not want to drive it. It is cold. It is dark, but the Lord put on my heart. Oh, I need to come in and I need to kind of help with this. And so I have some stuff for this boxes of light thing that you guys are doing. And then we're like, oh, okay, well, the boxes of light stuff is upstairs. Uh, we're doing the cookies in a jar downstairs. Well, no, I have like baking ingredients that I got and no joke, no joke. 
uh, the the crew pack in the jar has got like tingles because they're like you brought exactly enough it was like basically you could probably do it but it would have done 24 jars they needed 18 like that kind of amount they weren't going to actually get the project and then she was like really like almost like you could it and i know it's only cookies and it's only jars and it's but they it's just these these little types of things happened uh throughout it I don't even think Caitlin, I don't think I told you that yet. No, that makes me so excited. But I mean, that actually makes me think because you just said, you know, it's only cookies, but even through this whole project, it was more, you know, a box isn't going to save anyone. We know that it's not so. that it's a means to reach people and show them that they're loved and try and provide something. And like, we thought it was thoughtful. And so I think that's the point behind it. It's something that people can see. It's, oh, people took the time to actually think and care about me um so oh that's so cool I didn't know that yeah and like the partnership piece is huge because we would have never been able to afford like we have very generous people in our church and, and we have a really decent budget for uh the size of church and the town we're at but without village helping fund this project we would never been able to do the reach and 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 get the quality of stuff that we got that we did get um and then uh yeah, there's another uh, weird story in regards to distribution. If you want, are you okay with that? Tell us, tell us the weird stories. We want all okay. of them. Okay, <laughs> so so we live in we live in a world of cancel culture, and yes. uh, the Gideons had done these new covers for for New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. So it's like a mountain scene with like glowing behind the mountain and a little maple leaf. Pretty cool colors and, and, and cover. Uh, different than maybe the ones we grew up in the, the like burgundy you know you know the yes. ones we talk about if you grew up in the church yeah. you're like you know the burgundy gideon new testament so uh they did a pretty decent job with these covers and it says uh god loves the world on on the front and so they said hey we want to donate 200 of these get in your boxes of light okay well this is like legit perfect so good so we start getting these distribution centers and some of the distribution centers um uh, are uh, government agencies okay that are and and so then they they email back and they're like uh, one was um, government agency uh, First Nations Health and uh, and that was uh, and at first they were like oh this is an amazing project we want these boxes of light but then they asked they said okay wait this is from a church is there anything religious in it and I was like well just, yeah there's a Bible <laughs> like yeah you know it's a yeah there's a New Testament in it. and they said no we don't want them. We, we can't distribute them. And I would, so we were in this, uh, there was a moment where, like, I think I had talked to you about it, Caitlin, like, what, a, what do you, right, what do we do? Do we pull the, I felt, it felt wrong to pull the New Testament out of it, if it donated. I don't know what you were thinking at that time about the. We don't always have to, but it's situational. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I felt with that we that we couldn't. Well, then, right after that, the White Horse Star picks up the story and does a write up in the paper, and uh, their opening line on the on the article is, "There will be light." So they basically quote, you know, quote God in from the creation yeah. narrative in yeah. Genesis, and then basically do this whole write up on how this church is 
you know, it, this whole write-up and the government agents going back, we changed our mind. We will take some of those boxes. And, and so it's a, it's like, it, it's like a different thing. Then that same agency, so they said, oh, we'll only take five. So they found some clients that, that were, uh, that were uh, Christians or were okay with the Bibles. I guess they, they were really careful, really careful, careful. Mm -hmm. So we distribute their five boxes. And so this, this other agency called Skookum Jim's Friendship Center at this uh, First Nations networking agency, they took, they said, we'll take whatever you have. Uh, the emergency shelter took 60, um, you know, so we had different boxes everywhere. Well, when I dropped off the five to this agency that was struggling with the Bibles, then I got a call back and like, we need more. All our clients want one. And so wow. I had to apologize. I had to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, they're all given out. And well, why did we only get five? And so then there's like this awkward moment of like, you, you guys weren't going to get any, remember? And then you only asked for five because only five of your clients thought that they'd be able to handle the fact that there was New Testament. In it. Now all your clients all want a box of light. And so now there's a situation where, all, so it's, it's a, uh, it's it's just it's strange. So needless to say, they were able to call Skookum Gyms and Skookum Gyms said, hey, we'll give some of your boxes. So now there's like, there's like a box of light trading going on now. Everyone wants one of these boxes. So wow. we did 200, but it's just like, well, now everyone wants a box of light. So I don't know, I don't know what to do. That's amazing. I mean, what a, you, you, Kaylin, you talked to before about this passion to see the, the bridge between church and the community. Like what an incredible example of that, where now, you know, just the example, even to government agencies that, oh, well, maybe we can work with the church to serve people and um, the, the example of that. That's awesome. Um, have you had any other, have you had any negative feedback from the Bibles or has just all been positive? No. And yeah. it's interesting. So the, the concept was uh, triggering and I, I got to give some, um, some credence to Gideon's there. Someone over there is really thinking because it's interesting that the triggering is the image of the black or burgundy Bible. Hmm. And, and we, we automatically, as Christians, we understand the Bible as the word of God. We, we see its pages. But the, the triggering is, is basically the image of uh, traditional church, colonial, colonialization, of the, yeah. the residential schools. And, and so when, when someone hears outside of the church Bible, they imagine the giant black King James, you know, Bible that, you know, sat on the pulpit in our traditional churches or the Burgundy Gideon Bible that you find in the hotel rooms. They, and so then all of a sudden they're like, well, there's this really kind of cool looking book that says God loves the world. And there's a mountain with sunshine behind it and a little maple leaf. They're like, well, what's it? Oh, wait, this is a Bible. Hmm. Oh, well, I like this Bible. <laughs> it's like, right. you just stage the cover. The words are the same, but it, it, it's, it's understanding. I don't know. Wow. What well, do you think, Caitlin? I, it, no, I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's so key. I think there's obviously hesitation and, you know, when you're, it is that challenge, I think for any church doing work, it's how much do we have to show people, you know, that we are Christians and all of that, like, where does, how much does that have to be included into what we do in the community? But it really is being considerate of understanding people's backstory. And yeah, it, 
we don't understand it in the church. So you really have to think in terms of community. But I think that's why certain events like this is to be effective in your culture, you have to understand the culture and what those trigger points are and then kind of work around that. And um, yeah, to be the most effective. And I just love that there's people still wanted them. Um, and it wasn't like we didn't put in a track or anything, you know, on the helpline, we consider we put church contacts for Mountain View and, you know, but it was underneath all of the other points of contact that they could have in their community. And so um, I'm really happy with everything that we were including. And, you know, if people do reach out, then they have a resource. Yeah, mm -hmm. that help card, interesting enough, that, that we put together, like with all the different agencies, all in one card that same government office that didn't want them now they want all of them like that whole thing when i was in the office uh and i delivered the five boxes she's like can i can i look at them am i allowed to look at them? Like, yeah you can look at them yeah. so she's opened it up right away the that card is on the top like a, yeah, i like how you guys did that yeah and she was like oh and she she was she was just like what did you guys make this? And I'm like, well, Village Church did. Yeah, they, they pulled it together for us and printed it. We could never do this. Mm -hmm. And only you guys can do this. And I, again, I don't know how much I can say on the podcast, but there was this little conversation that some of these agencies are actually in competition. And so within the realms of authorities and government agencies and nonprofit agencies within mental health and all that, some of them are actually competing and they don't actually promote each other's things. And so this gal who's grown up in the North, uh, First Nations gal who, who's lived in Whitehorse, the first time, first time in Yukon's history where all the agencies have appeared on one single card wow so what do you think of that caitlin i think that's <laughs> awesome it, it that's a win literally that's a win in and of itself and that's right. really where i'm even finding this in the different um things that we're involved in as a church but different causes or focuses that we support and the church can be that bridge we you know presented right we get to be that neutral bridge and then it's not put on the agencies and we're not bashing any of the agencies and we know that there's challenges but then yeah you get to come in and just be that neutral ground for people and then offer actual um true help to people because as you guys were finding finding actual proper contacts it took a long time and you think someone's struggling you start to you hit a wall pretty quickly, then you're not motivated to keep searching to finally give that call when you really needed it. And so you just suffer alone after that. And yeah, mm -hmm. being able to provide that and just have it. I, I love the design. Kudos to Nicola and our design team. Um, nice and bright, but yeah, so great. That's interesting. Wow. Her name is Nicole. <laughs> Nicole was the gal receiving them oh. at the health center. So it's super fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. Oh. Nicole made a thing that Nicole loved, so I just... <laughs> I'll let Nicole know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, all the Nicoles. The, the other thing that's interesting, you know, all those agencies, they probably would have all loved their little pamphlet and their little brochure. We basically could have filled the box with all these different brochures. And, and we had just, like, refined it down. And, and you guys just put it so concise. It's like, this is the agency. This is the helpline. This is the agent. And do, 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 from Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Depression Lines, all these different things. And it's, 
one of the things that I have to say about Village that that has helped me as a pastor, if your team knows how to um, sharpen things down to what what to the to the crucial stuff and and simplify it down and make it tidy and neat and helpful. And if there's one thing we found out is, oh my goodness, these agencies, their websites, you're buried in information. It's like websites full of text. And I'm just imagining someone who's on the brink. They've, they've gone to Google. <laughs> they've, they're like, Yukon depression help. And they, and I just imagine on the other end, there's some boardroom where there's people, oh, the website needs to have this, needs to have this, needs to have this. And everyone trying to appease everyone. Next thing you know, you have this, it's just like a buffet table of information. And there's like one nugget in there that's really helpful. And, and basically if they just had a blank white website with a nice Helvetica font and this and the phone number, you know, or a click here to chat with someone, that would be so much better. And that's what I'm hearing back from this little card is like, this is what we've needed all along. So now obviously I'm thinking about like, can we get to the point where we can design a single page website with just this? Mm -hmm. Where it gets accessed more than anything where we, we throw some cash at it to make it, to make it get first. And yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, 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 again, I, uh, this whole thing is kind of, we're now going to print our own cards uh, for this. I would encourage any church, you need to do the same thing. A single card. Don't, it should have no folds in it. Tidy. Yeah. And if you don't know how so to make things is. really tidy and simple, you can call Village. They've got that I said filter it through Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't want to just give out the phone list for everyone and let them be inundated right now. I mean, they can. Yeah. We'll inundate you. Well, but this, this partnership, like, like, let's, let's talk more about that too. Cause you know, you mentioned, um, I know Jeremy, you mentioned having started talking with village a few years ago, but you know, a a lot of times we, we see these needs in front of us and, and, you know, obviously you're living in it, right, Jeremy, like you're, this is all right in front of you. And, but, um, you know, for you, Caitlin, like you're, you're, down south of where I am, right? Farther away from the Yukon. So I just think it's so uh, interesting how the two of you and the two churches have partnered together to do this thing. And I just, I would love for you to talk about even how, like more details to tell us more things about how that came to be. Um, Even, you know, we talk about, well, I I think a lot of times we see churches struggle with choosing what to invest in when it comes to how to serve community because like the needs are so vast I know I struggled with this myself like you you almost hit a paralysis right like I I, I want to help people but I can't help everyone um, and village is is spread out over Canada so I'm sure the amount of needs that you know about are more than we could ever even want to think about so how, how do you get to this place where you're partnering and, and doing this project all the way up north in Yukon? Like, do you want to, I know, Jeremy, you've shared some, like, Caitlin, do you want to tell us about how that yeah. came on your side? Yeah, definitely. Well, Jeremy touched on it. So Village and Mountain View had have had quite a few, quite a bit of overlap over the years. 
And in the fall, we had, of course, spent our 2020 navigating what serving our local communities looks look like um, during a pandemic. And we were really successful in that. We saw different initiatives happening literally across all of our sites, which is really incredible. And then we kind of hit the fall time. And um, in my role, I'm getting less of helping the our local sites facilitate events, let them fully do it on their own. And we've already created a system where, yeah, there are tons of needs in a community, but how we've been able to actually pursue certain needs are through relationship, different um, relationships we've actually built and trusted in the community. And then we've also created um, more of certain focuses. So we've done refugee care, um, human trafficking, education. So a lot of work in our local school districts um, and then just meeting some unique community needs based on each different location. And most people will know of that by getting connected in the community, um, talking with the local mayor, whoever it may be. And so that's where those come about. So we've had a good system for our local city. So come the fall, we were, I was talking with our leadership team, Jeremy, and we were thinking, okay, so I'm less focused on our immediate city, but what's happening in Canada? What are some needs that are going on in Canada right now that maybe, because as Jeremy mentioned, you know, we do have some of the resources. Our church community was so generous this past year. And so we were able to continue on ministry, continue giving to local and our global organizations that we partner with. And so we were thinking, what else, what else is there? And so Mountain View came up just because of that past relationship. And so I connected with Jeremy, gave him a call just to see, hey, what's going on in your community? What um, initiatives do you guys have going on? What initiatives do you guys want to do? But maybe you've been baffling with it because you don't have the resources or whatever it may be. And then um, at that moment, there wasn't tons, but he had started talking about an increase in suicides during this time of year. And then obviously then thinking into the new year with um, increased COVID restrictions and all of that that comes with it. And so after our conversations, I was just thinking, why do we have to be okay and just accept the statistics of people who are gonna just continue um, committing suicide? And yeah, and so I was just kind of wrestling with that. And then so circled back to Jeremy and said, is there anything that we could do, you know, to intervene in some capacity? And then this idea of boxes of light came about and I think you guys had had an idea to do something as well and just the conversation kept flowing and it felt like a really great fit and I mean our heart is always however we can equip local churches in their communities and resource them to serve their people that's a success for us um, because we've been able to do that so well and um, yeah so hearing their heart for Whitehorse and the surrounding communities and that's kind of the backstory of how it came to be. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Definitely. Uh, yeah, God was in it. You can easily see that, that his sovereignty and that he, he needed this to happen. And, you know, we had a time where we uh, gathered around the boxes and prayed for them and, and just really recollecting the whole process and, and how it came to be and, and really how quickly <laughs> like how super quick it came together but that it's 200 people 200 people that we know for sure because of the agencies we distributed through like we don't know their names but we have validation that these are 200 people that are legitimately struggling that are legitimately on the edge and um 
you know, even getting some reports now, the shelter gave out 10 of their 60 already. And um, they, yeah, it, it, I, I'm now get starting to get the stories of it's, it's having an impact for sure. It, it's, uh, it's the, the boost these folks uh, needed um, that kind of said at least like, you know, oh, wow, some, someone, someone's still listening, like someone's still out there. And that's the problem is that when, when all the resources dried up, when all the compassion fatigue, people are done with serving, they're all locked up, they don't, and they're happy being locked up right now, to be honest. There's always another Netflix series to watch instead of going and helping someone right now. It's cold, it's dark, I want to be at home inside. And so they haven't felt uh, forgotten this year, which is great. And what I also love of doing initiatives like this and in partnering with White Horse, but then White Horse got to, or Mountain View got to partner with multiple agencies in their community. And it's more, and I think it's everything that we do in our local partnerships. I find it's not just the people, the vulnerable people that the organizations are serving, but it's actually the staff as well. I remember when Jeremy had mentioned the shelter, they're like, yes, please, we need something for our guests. And honestly, by giving the guest boxes, you actually help the staff who are in the work day in and day out and probably just spent in, you know, being able to be that background of people who are being doing the brainstorming, making it all happen on their behalf. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many layers to events like this. And you think of the staff and you want to love them just as much, but you love them by then caring for their people well. So. And there was another layer in the in the shelter thing too. So, uh, the uh, a guy, um, his name's Aaron, who who came to us. Um, long story there in his his faith, but he's kind of jumped in uh, during COVID. He was in Alberta, moved up to back up to Whitehorse. He grew up here as a kid, and and so he's kind of COVID just got him to reengage his faith again, recommit his life to Jesus, baptized. He's a member. He's actually on staff now over our facilities, and so he said, "Hey, I'll take." the i'll take the the 60 over to the shelter so the gal that we we're in contact with at the shelter so he shows up to do this and the, and the gal that oversaw the distribution box, boxes the the program director there she's like i knew him as a kid and and she's like i hadn't seen him in like years and now he's working for this church and doing the boxes and so she sent this message to me like you know, God bless you for your kindness and, and saying, I hadn't seen Aaron in forever. And I, he goes to your church and he, and so then that was like, so those are these other weird things that were like, whoa, this is way, way bigger. And, and this gal who's not going to church, but now like, okay, wait, Aaron goes to your church or, you know, what happened with him and his life is transformed. And so there's, it's a very interesting project on, uh, like you just said, Caitlin, like the layers of it. Yeah, that's amazing. And kind of what I'm hearing too is it's a lot of it is you, you both could have done something like this on your own, but the impact is what I'm hearing has been magnified because of the combination, the partnership, the partnership with agencies. And I know because sometimes I don't, sometimes it feels like it would be simpler to just do things on our own. Um, but you have so much more opportunity to impact by combining resources and your different strengths. Yeah, I think I think is been, really cool. I think it would have been paper bags of light. Uh, <laughs> of light. <laughs> like, like we, like let's just be real. We're on That's a hilarious. 
like, and you know what? It still would have had an impact. <laughs> it it would have. No, but no, we people might have just but not the same. Like, huh. We we have a we have an extremely giving congregation. Amazing, and we we do very well in um, in our outreach projects. But I I I can't I can't say it enough. Like if if Village wasn't caring about um, the little guy and the smaller smaller cities, smaller towns, like they have the people, they have the resources, they're in a big city and now multiple big cities. It's, you know, it's not a competition. It's just the, rea the realization mm. people in village have been called to certain cities that are bigger. I've been called to one of the smallest cities in Canada and it's just different. Um, but yeah. the sharing of resources, it, you know, it's all for Jesus anyway, so it shouldn't matter. I mean, Oh, no, go ahead, Keelan. Well, I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing for us is I've in my role, my favorite initiatives have been partnering with other churches. And we've done that with um, other denominations as well. But if we're all in the same city, we've been like, hey, let's come together. You've been doing something in the community for a long time. We're able to provide this type of support. So kind of that idea of the body and the different parts. And um, but when you think of that as the body of Christ, the different churches and um one of the biggest things I've been reminded of, and especially, you know, in more secular communities, the God tells us people will know you by how you love one another. And if the church isn't loving yeah. one another and actually working together, then why would anyone believe it? And I think that's been a negative conception towards churches in the past because, well, you guys fight anyway. So, I mean, you can't get right? it right. So why would we then turn to a God if you, his people can't even get along. And so by working together and coming alongside and looking at it's not about us. It's not about the one or the other. It's just who, what's the end goal? The end goal is to love people and serve them the best as we can. Well, then how, what's the means to getting there? And that's partnership. And we were able to surprise, provide some funds. And then I was able to do a lot of the courting on the back end, just because their team's small. So I was happy to do that. And then they did all the work connecting their volunteers, doing all the community connections and reaching their community. And so yeah, which we can't go in and reach their community. It's not our community, but yeah, I don't know. That's just where the beauty of partnership is. We're all that body. And so, yeah. And it's even continuing. Like I was talking to Jeremy a bit last night, uh, chatting with him. And so we had, so our people taking photo and video and it, it's not stopping. Uh, we're, so I was talking to him about sending all the footage uh, down, down south. Cause again, Village just has the resources. And so they're going to be putting together like a cool update of like hey here's how it all went down on the putting the box together delivering you know whatever and um so it, it's still it's still happening and though it's like a video of what happened we do know that that when we send out those things on social media we'll even look at some of the comments we've got on social media like oh we should do this or this is so awesome or i never thought of this or so it, there's more people doing it in their communities and things and that's and, and that's how it is and the other thing, like just to be real about Whitehorse Northern culture and the territorial culture, you know, you'll hear terms like, the, you know, those guys outside or those guys down south or, and these terms. And there's this disdain, you know, for being the smaller guy. It's like, oh, them in Vancouver, or them in Toronto, or they're, you know, it's like, oh, they're, you know, they come up here. And because the perception is they come up, you know, they, you guys, mm. <laughs> they, they come up here and try to tell us what to do 
in, in, in our territory, in our place. And, and, you know, I'm only seven years here. I spent time in Alaska. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've been a decade in the North between the two places, but I'm just becoming to the point of being uh, allowed to be a Northerner, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to put in a good decade before you kind of get in. And so what Village did is Village didn't come up and, and just say, oh, you know, let us show you how it's done. Cause that's typically what's happening in agencies and, you know, government things and stuff like that. And it doesn't go well. And so people say like, well, where's this church village church? Well, they're in Vancouver. Well, what it, so they just gave us this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, you know, they just wanted to bless the North. And so that changes the narrative because there's an automatic assumption that if people down South, people outside of the territories, if they, if they give us something, there's always, there's always a hook. Mm -hmm. There's always strings attached. Well, what do they want? You know, yeah. so um, this is another little layer that that uh, that village is helping that that changes what normally happens. I don't know if that all makes sense. It's a cultural thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, I just and this is this is the main reason I wanted to have you guys on the podcast is we talk about all the time at Fellowship Pacific, like our our mission is literally to leverage the collective strength of our churches to make a God-honoring impact in BC and Yukon. And our, our vision is innovatively developing relationships and resources. Um, so you're, you're living that out in such a tangible way and seeing the results of that. And so I just, I think it's amazing. And I, I mean, thank you and bless you for that. And thank you for sharing it. Um, you know, bef before we go, though, is there anything that you would want to say um, to other churches who are maybe considering how they could maximize their impact by partnering with another church or another ministry or, or something like that? Any advice or suggestions, you know, how to get started, anything like that? Oh, honestly, as simple as just do it. And kind hmm. of what I already mentioned is, you know, if there is a particular cause or like, what are you trying to achieve? And if you know what you're trying to achieve, then figure out who else is already doing it or what do you like? Yeah. If there's a certain cause in your local community and you need, you don't have the full resources to partner, or maybe you just have the funds, but not the people, then figure out who else is in your community that could provide that, um, that other piece and then do it together. And yeah, because if you have the end goal of who you're trying to serve, then everything else doesn't matter. It all falls into place and then you keep your vision aligned. So yeah, just find other people who have the exact same vision and, and go for it. Awesome, Jeremy, anything to add? Uh, yeah, so like if I were uh, speaking to other churches and other pastors, um, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, you can edit this, so we'll see if it gets me in trouble, but I, I guess I would put a call out to small town pastors, small city pastors. There's a there's um there's an insecurity that we carry and for those of us in the game like we 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 know it uh for any leader that's in a small city small town uh you look at some of the big initiatives that are done in bigger cities and if you're if you're honest with yourself you know you you want to scroll the feed because you you wish you could do it but it's like there's this third option it, it, that that we don't think about we we can um uh, swallow our pride and, and accept that God's called you to a smaller place. 
and accept that some of the bigger cities, bigger churches with more resources, don't assume that they don't care about you or don't assume that they don't want to help you. That's a, that's a really, that's not a gospel focus and it's just false logic. It, is it is it sometimes uh, hard to ask for help? For sure it is, but um, you know, I, I just, I, um, I just run across it too much. We should never, ever, ever, if you're a small town pastor, small city pastor, don't ever catch yourself saying, well, that's them, or they can do that, or they, it's, you got to let go of that, because you don't know how much you can do until you ask for help. And, and that assumption, I just, that's, that's just darkness. It's not, it's not going to help you. And so I, I get it. Even I know saying this, that some people listening, this is just going to bug them. And, and I get it because I've been there. It, it does. You don't want to ask for help. You want to think that you can kind of do it on your own, but you, you can't, you, you don't have the people. Uh, you don't have, have the dollars that go with the people. You don't have the facility. You don't like, you just don't, and it's okay. You're called there, but uh, you just got to ask for help. And I, after kind of this journey of six years, um, again, I just got to thank Village enough. I, I think, if, and if you're a big church out there, um, if you want a really great example of, of being open-handed and having a gospel focus, even for the little guy, like you need to look to Village. They, they're doing it right. They, uh, it's not us and them. It never has been. And uh, I think people want to create that narrative with big church versus little church, but it's just false. It is not there. And having seen kind of behind the curtain more and more in village, no, it's not hiding back there. It's just not. You're, you're right? looking no. for a shadow that's not there. So hmm. anyway, again, that might get me in trouble, but that's just how I honestly feel. And so I maybe we'll let you get in trouble. That. We're okay with that. <laughs> I'm going to capitalize. I'm like, I'm on the Propel podcast. I'm going you know, to pull up my shoebox. <laughs> Or my soapbox. Oh <laughs> Your soapbox. I, I mean, quickly want to add to that. And I think there is the idea that you have to have these big initiatives to be the most effective, but you don't. I think if you know you don't have much resources, and obviously I haven't pastored a small church, so I don't know the challenges, um, but God doesn't care. He just cares about the heart posture of what are you being generous with what you have. And so if it's all your community has to be able to do is pack five baked lunches and give it to your local school because they have a lunch program and they have kids who show up without lunch. Well, do that. And that's great. And God just sees that. And then the more you do that, I totally believe that he'll bless it and make it to what he wants it to be. Um, and then other people will come along because they'll see, oh, you've been faithful in doing this here. Let me come alongside. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we serve a God who can slay giants with five little stones in the hand of a boy who has the right heart. So whatever you've got. And I, I just love the no competition. We're on the same team. The, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. So there is no shortage of, you know, and if you will, <laughs> like, we always try Like we think about the people that we're targeting, like, and, and that's not, that's not a, uh, a wide enough understanding of God's sovereignty and the gospel plan. Mm. We, we had a gal uh, show up to Mountain View for the first time. She had been watching a little bit in the distance online a little bit. But then when we released boxes of light, 
so we so we had this packing party and we said okay so what's your name because there was people we didn't know what's your name and why are you here why did you sign up for this and this one gal she's like once the boxes of light i knew okay this is i need to be a part of this i need to actually go to this building now so in COVID, and and so so then and now she's like a a part of our church now because of boxes of light and so it's like okay this wasn't really just it was but it wasn't yeah. and so 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 the so yeah maybe it's five things five people but there's subsequent people that uh yeah there were people that showed up to pack boxes that don't go to our church they just caught mm -hmm. a video online or caught a social media post and they're like i want to be a part of this huh. do not underestimate how god can multiply results for sure. Well, guys, thank you Caitlin, so much think, uh, for being on here. Caitlin, you had something you have, to say. I saw it. Do you no, have something? I, I just want to pinpoint one other thing. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of doing events like that because it's probably the greatest evangelism tool. We often think, oh, how do we get them people to listen to our service? Well, sometimes it's just starting with, hey, join me in this initiative. And I've had so many friends who wouldn't step foot in a church or listen to a sermon that I would send them, but they're like, hey, I see you do a lot of these at community events. Can you please let me know when you're doing them? And I get to invite mm -hmm. them on to what my church is doing because that's where they're going to get their foot in the door. And so, yeah, it's it takes all the pieces of what a church can offer for it to draw people in. Um, and ultimately, God is the one who changes hearts. But yeah, that's a really awesome story, Jeremy. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like we could go on talking about all this stuff for like a whole nother hour, but we should probably wrap it up so that people don't start throwing their phones at us. Um, guys, thank you so much. Like this has been so good and it is so amazing to hear your hearts and to hear you talk about what God is doing. Um, it's very encouraging. So thank you for taking this time with us. Thanks for listening to our episode today. I hope you were encouraged by this story. And I also hope you were inspired to look around and see how you might be able to connect and partner with another church or another ministry in a way that multiplies your efforts and effectiveness and produces a God-honoring impact in your community. And before we go, I want to remind you, as always, that our team here at the Fellowship Pacific Ministry Center is always available to serve you and support you. To find out more about the resources we have available and to get in contact with us, visit our website at www.fedpacific.ca.